Hey, everybody, you can have a seat. Thank you so much. Y'all are the best church in the city. I say it every week. I'm so glad and grateful to get to have this opportunity. This is my very first time speaking at the church, and it's such an honor for me. I love every one of you guys, and I'm so grateful that we get to do life together. Um, are you guys grateful for the community that we have found in this church? I know I am. Amen. Yeah, come on. We can give it up for the church. That's all right. Um, to all the first-time guests, welcome. We are so glad that you are here with us. We can't wait to meet you later in the lobby. Uh, you truly have found the best community on Sunday nights at 5 p.m., and we cannot wait uh, to see where this church goes. And so you're a part of it already, and we love you. So thank you so much for being here. Um, I just want to say uh, to my husband, uh, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to speak. And I just want to honor you tonight as the pastor and the leader of our home and this church. Um, I adore you, and I have since we were 15 years old, so I love you very much. Um, so, yeah, we've been together since we were 15 years old. <laughs> Side note, <laughs> we, uh, we met at church. It's the best place to meet somebody. Uh, we met at church, and Craig was the worship leader in the youth group, and, um, and I was not a vocalist at the time, but he forced me to get up there, and so that's kind of how we started ministry together was uh, leading in youth groups. And... Um, and then we went to beach camp together, the same beach camp that, that, uh, that we're taking all the youth to. Now, and just really cool, um, I hated beach camp. I'm, he's probably going to kill me for saying this, but I, I didn't like beach camp because Craig was, Craig was at a place where he was desperate for the Lord. You know what I'm saying? He was willing to lay down anything. And so after camp every year, he would break up with me. And so that was not fun. So... Every camp, I was like, dang it, Craig, here we go again. Like, I know you're going to get close to the Lord, and you're going to be like, I've got to let it all go, God. I was like, you've got to figure this out, or we're never going to be able to get married. Like, you've got to figure out how to date somebody, marry somebody, and still be a Christian. And that is in the Bible, so read that part, too. But, um, but no, we, he, uh, we started off best friends, and he's still my best friend. And um, so I, I, I still joke when we go to beach camp now, and I'm like, so are we breaking up, like, at the end of this? Are we, is this it? Like, are we going to? We're in it for the long haul now, though. Um, but tonight, I want to start um, not only honoring my husband, but my children, too. Uh, Reese is in here, and I'm so proud of you, and thank you so much for serving. I know a lot of people don't see all that you do behind the scenes, and so I'm just so grateful. Carson's in Vegas right now playing football between mountains, living the life. Um, bless his heart. Just living the life. I'm sure he's given all the glory to God out there. And um, But yeah, but I just, I'm so grateful. I have a you know, amazing family that serves with us. So let's open our Bibles tonight. Are y'all ready to hear from the Lord tonight? Our, half of y'all are. That's great. The rest of y'all missed coffee on the way. Are y'all ready to hear from the Lord tonight? <laughs> there you go. Culture development. We're excited about the Lord. We're excited about the Word of God. And so tonight we're going to start First um, Peter uh, chapter 3. Uh, and I'm going to start with verse 1. Uh, but before we do, let's just pray. God, we just come before you tonight, Lord. We thank you so much, God, for what you've already done in this place. God, our hearts are full. Our hands are open, Lord. Feed us tonight with your word, Lord Jesus. Let it not be my words. Let it be yours. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. First uh, Peter chapter 3, verse 1. If you're with me, say, I'm with you. Okay. Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands that they even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. 
when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. Do not let your adornment be merely outward. And then I'm going to skip to uh, verse 4. Rather, or, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. Rather, let it be the hidden uh, person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty and a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. That's a verse that uh, Craig quotes to me when I'm on the sidelines at Carson's football games. It's like, gentle and quiet spirit. <laughs> uh, right, moving on. Uh, verse number seven. <laughs> verse number seven. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them in understanding, giving honor to the wife, to the weaker vessel, and being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers may not be hindered. Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion one for another, love as brothers, be tenderhearted, be courteous, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing knowing that you were called to this and that you may inherit a blessing. How many of you want to live a blessed life? Amen. And have a blessed life and blessed relationships. Um, we are in the middle of our series, and uh, I know that um, this is kind of a marriage series, and we talk about marriages, but also this is going to apply to any of you in any relationship. I want, to, I want you to walk away with practical things that you can apply in your lives with relational um, issues that you may be having, but uh, that's how we started, right? That's how God created us was at the very beginning. He created us man and woman to have relationship with God. So relationships are valuable to the Lord. Uh, the first relationship was God with man, and then he created woman so that man would not be alone. And the garden was a beautiful place. God created atmosphere so that we would be able to commune with him, that we could spend time with him. So if we don't have that relationship in our lives, and that is how the relationships, how relationships in the world started was relationship with Jesus. So that is very valuable in any relationship to keep Jesus at the center of it. Uh, Genesis 2, 21 through 23 um, says, uh, he's talking about the garden and the man and woman walked intimately together and he created them so that man had a helper. Genesis 2, 21 and 23 says, this is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, and the man and his wife were not ashamed. This scripture is describing the closeness in the relationship. It says that they were naked, so they were vulnerable with one another. It's talking about the unity between one another. But with Jesus with, as not an option, that, that union would never have been possible. Okay, so so many people in the world are building their relationships and building their marriages without Jesus. And that's why we see so many broken homes and broken families is because either they started on a rough foundation without the Lord or somewhere along the way, somebody got off track and, and they decided that they didn't need Jesus as a part of their marriage. But how many of you know that if you want peace in your home, you have to have Jesus, amen? If you want peace in your mind, you have to have Jesus. If you want peace in your marriage, you have to have Jesus. If you want peace in your relationships, with your children, you have to have Jesus. No matter what relationship that you're in, you have to have Jesus. God did not create man to live without him. He created him to be in union with him and so that we could have unity in our relationships. And so I wanna talk about three things tonight um, that can help us in our relationships, that can help us in our marriages uh, and relationships with other family members. If you're taking uh, notes tonight, 
um, get out your pens and, and, and you can write this down. The first thing um, that I want us to walk away with tonight is this. If I want any relationship in my life to work, I have to be willing to give what has been freely given to me. And I'm gonna read that again. If I want any relationship in my life to work, I have to be willing to give what has been freely giving to, given to me. So how can I do that? Um, I believe there's three uh, ways that we can do that. There are um, several, but these are, these are three of the most important that I feel. And the number one thing is commitment. Commitment in marriages, it takes removing the quit option. There is no quit option. There are things in this life that are worth fighting for. And there are times in your life when God chooses you to lead that fight. Wives, that may be you have to get on your knees sometimes and you really have to pray for that husband that's fallen away from the Lord. Husbands, that means sometimes that you, that wife who's grown distant with the Lord, that means you have to get on your knees and you have to lead that fight. And you have to ask God to save your spouse and get them back on track. But those relationships that are in your life that hold hold equity and hold value, maybe it's not a marriage, maybe it's a best friend. Maybe it's a a mother or a father that you see they've gone away from the Lord. It's up to you to fight for them. God's given us that burden, amen, to fight for the souls and the salvation of one another. And I'm not talking about fighting with um, how many of you, uh, this, this, we are big fans of counseling around here, just so everybody knows. Counseling is not taboo. We, uh, Craig and I have gone to counseling for years now. Um, it's just great to have a third party in your marriage and in your relationship that can look in from the outside and say, hey, this is where you need improvement, right? And we've got a church that we need to be healthy for. We've got children that we need to be healthy for. And so um, there's a, one of the things that our counselor told us one time is never say never and never say always because those two statements right there are not not true. There is nobody that always does this or never does this. And here's the thing, I'm not talking about fighting. When I'm saying like, oh, it's up to you to fight, I'm not talking about starting a fight. I'm talking about a spiritual fight. Sometimes you have to fight for your marriage. Sometimes you have to be so committed that you say you have to wake up every day and pray over your spouse and call your spouse out by name and call them out to the Lord and ask God to save them and to restore your marriage. Um, number, that's number one is sometimes you have to, com- you have to be committed. Number two, you have to commit not only to your spouse, but you have to be to, to God, but you have to commit it to your spouse and you have to be committed to your family. There are children that are watching how you lead. There are children who are watching how you communicate and there is a healthy way to fight. Did you guys know that? <laughs> I, I was always told like, you shouldn't be fighting, never fight around your kids. But listen, we fought around our kids and if our kids don't see us restore a relationship that there, maybe there's been tension or something like that, if they're gonna see us fight, then they need to see us forgive, right? So every marriage has got issues. Every marriage has gone through different circumstances and situations. There's no marriage that's, that's off limits to fighting because we're human, but sometimes it's not a spiritual attack. Sometimes it's um, our own pride, our own unforgiveness, and you have to choose to humble yourself and you have to forgive and move forward. But you do have to fight the enemy because the enemy is here to steal, kill, and destroy families, destroy relationships, because the Bible says where two or more are gathered, there am I also. So if there is value in that relationship, if there's value in unity and there's value in numbers, then we know that those, that matters to the Lord. Amen? 
That's how we were created, though, to be in relationship with one another, not just in marriages, but relationship with people, relationship with mentors, with friends and family. Um, It doesn't matter if you're single or divorced. These same principles apply to you today. Uh, Your relationship with God has to be number one, and sometimes you're going to have to fight for that. Um, But if you make God an afterthought, if you're going to God after everything has gone wrong, you've you've reached out to God for help. He is never off limits, but if you would reach out to him at the beginning, then maybe sometimes you wouldn't be finding yourself in the chaotic situation of an argument where you could have held your tongue and asked God for help and strength to get through this situation. And the Lord was there to be your strength and so he could be your provider instead of your restorer after things have been damaged. Amen? He knows that relationships are valuable. That's how we were created. We were created to be in relationship with one another. But don't be distracted. Stay committed to your relationship with God. We are the bride of Christ, and intimacy with him can never replace intimacy with a person. Let me say that again. Your husband or your wife, they are not a replacement for God. They can never fully fulfill you. They will never fully complete you. They are not an idol to you. You should never hold them where you hold God. They are going to mess up. They are going to say things that they do not mean. They are going to be flawed. And so we have to have grace for that. As wives, we have to have grace for our husbands. As husbands, you need to have grace for your, for your wives. Married couples, there has to be unity and there has to be commitment in a relationship. And sometimes that's going to require a fight against the temptation to quit. But the Bible says, when you are married, you become one. Uh, Mark 10, 6 says that we are one flesh and we have to fight the enemy and stand up against the enemy. So you have to tell the enemy sometimes, enemy, Satan, you've come after my husband, that means you're messing with me. Because if we're one, then you don't mess with one without messing with the other. And sometimes you have, you can't, we counsel so many couples that say, well, my husband's struggling with this. If your husband's struggling with it, you're struggling with it. If you're not praying, if your husband's not praying, you know, you need to pray harder so that they can get in there. And I'm not putting all the responsibility on wives or all the responsibility on husbands. But if you are one, then it is a battle that you are fighting together. Come on, listen to me. If your husband is struggling and he is going through something, it is your battle too. Amen. If you're a one flesh, then you're struggling with that. Amen. You're not alone. The enemy attacks our weak our weaknesses so that we can't focus on our strengths. And it takes commitment and unity for our marriages to work. And if it if we don't, our, our children will pay for it. He tries to magnify the the flaws in others so sometimes we can't see our own issues. And the Lord has been really um, working on our our women's group. It's incredible to see the growth that uh, this book in his image, it's it's really, really deep. And uh, it's just a beautiful, beautiful um, uh, words that she uses to describe God, and she really breaks it down. And and, uh, she's talked about grace and mercy and justice and and how those things uh, coincide with one another. But what she talked about is um, that sometimes we see, sometimes we see the flaws in others before we see them in our own selves, right? And sometimes the hurt and the pain that we've gone through, maybe in a marriage, maybe in an argument or something like that, we've magnified those so big that we think that what we've done to that person doesn't deserve the forgiveness that they owe to us. And we're sitting there and we're asking God, we're asking God to do something for us that we're not willing to do for somebody else. 
There's an anointing on you though when you stand up and you fight for your family. God, God, will, God will do a work in your marriage when you stand up and say, Satan, you have no authority in my home. You have no authority over my family. You have no authority over my marriage. And in Jesus' name, every stronghold in my family is broken. Every generational curse is under my feet in the name of Jesus. Um, and you have to take that authority. Women, you have to stand up and you have to fight. Uh, the Bible says that the, uh, the husband, yes, he is the um, the head of the home, but what that means is that he does have more responsibility. Yes, he has absolutely the responsibility to lead you in that. Uh, but if your husband does not know the Lord, the Bible says right here very clearly that if they do not, um, let's see, let's see, um, they will be won by the conduct of their wives. So guess what? That doesn't mean to go like we're going to church. See you when we get back. You should have been there because that's not gonna win them to the Lord. All that's gonna do is tick them off, right? They're not gonna feel love. They're not gonna feel grace. They're not gonna feel support for that. And when you begin to pray, God can do more behind the scenes than you, you know, slamming doors and that kind of stuff behind all that, right? God can work on their hearts. So number two, number one is commitment. Number two is communication. What we communicate, when we communicate, and how we communicate. Um, I have been told many times, <laughs> it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And I'm really, really working on that. Like, I really genuinely am working on that. I am working on that, I, I really am. Um, but I can remember, uh, I can remember one of the very first arguments we had. Uh, we got married, uh, Craig was 19, and I was, um, 20, and he rubs that in my face all the time that I'm like substantially older than him, but he's lying. Uh, but I can remember we were married. We lived in this one bedroom apartment and uh, we worked our little butts off just to afford that place. And we uh, were broke. And uh, there, it, was a, it was a nice area though. Like the, it was an up and coming area of the city. And, uh, and I remember uh, thinking, oh, it would be so much fun just to go across the street and there's this new little ice cream shop and we'll go get ice cream. That'd be great. I'm going to tell him later. So I was like, hey, let's go get ice cream. And he was like, we're not getting ice cream tonight. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, we can't afford that right now. We can't go out and get ice cream all the time. And I was like, I wanted ice cream tonight. And I threw the biggest fit, such a brat, but I threw the biggest fit. And I remember going in the bedroom door that was like, here's the couch, here's the bedroom door, super tiny. And I remember going in there and like slamming the door hard because I wanted him to know how mad I was about this ice cream, right? I mean, I was like, how dare you tell me no about ice cream? I mean, I was ticked. And so um, I, he came in there very calmly after, uh, pretty much immediately after. And he was like, uh, we don't slam doors in this house. And I was like, oh, well, then how are you going to know I'm really mad at you? Like, that's how I communicated. Like, I had never, like, thought, oh, I, I mean, to me, that, I was like, I need you to know how bad I wanted that ice cream. Now everybody's going to be, like, buying me ice cream later. Be like, hey, I'll send you that $5 for that ice cream. But, but I remember in that moment that uh, a new way of communication had to be established, because old habits die hard, right? And I had to establish new habits because... I saw the old patterns and stuff like that. The way that I had um, been allowed to communicate growing up um, 
wasn't healthy. And so sometimes in our communication, we can speak from a place of hurt. We can go through difficult situations and hurt and pain that can come into our hearts. And, and we begin to say things that we don't mean. And so how do we know how to communicate to one another? How do we do that? How do we as humans communicate to one another in love? Well, the first thing that we need to do is go to Jesus, right? And how did Jesus communicate to us? The greatest way he did was dying on the cross for us, right? That forgiveness. And in John, 3, uh, John 15, 13, it says, Greater love hath no man than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. He gave his life so that we could be forgiven. And love communicates with sacrifice. That's why you should have got me that ice cream cone, but it's all right. Um, Communicating in any relationship, though, is the key to success. Relationships will suffer when there's a lack of communication. Uh, If we're going to have healthy relationships, there's got to be communication. Number one, with God, you have to be in communication with God. There has to be that daily relationship that you're going to Him and you're communicating with Him. And you're not just talking, but you're also being still and you're listening, right? Right? Have you ever had a friend or somebody that you sit down and you go to dinner with them or you go to lunch and we're like, I didn't say anything, but they said everything. You know, sometimes it's okay to sit there and, and say, well, can I tell you about what's going on in my life, right? And so that's how the Lord is. Like he wants you to hear his voice and his plans for you. He doesn't want you to be able to just try to ramble off all these thoughts and everything. He wants to be able to pour back into you. And our God is so good. He finds ways to communicate with us. Uh, But where there's lack of communication, it will suffer. And so I wanna challenge you guys this week, husbands and wives especially, um, I wanna challenge you this week. This week I want you uh, to, to find three ways to compliment your spouse every day. And that may sound like way more than what you're used to right now. Maybe you just have gotten off track. But, but tell somebody in your life, if you're not married, then find a friend that maybe you have really depended on and they've been there for you. And reach out to them. Let them know how much you love them. Let them know how special you are to them. Husbands, reach out to your wives during the day and say, hey, thank you so much for waking up and making the kids lunch this morning. Hey, thank you so much for doing the laundry. You did an amazing job. And thank you so much for for." taking the kids to school so I could sleep in. And husbands, it means the world to, the, to women when you recognize what they are doing in the home. It really does. Because sometimes we can go through life and we can just get in this routine and we expect everybody to have their roles, right? And it's kind of difficult if you never feel appreciated. And you need that. You need those words. Uh, and then women, celebrate your husbands. Confide in them with with how you genuinely feel about them. Let them know that you love them. Let them know that you think they're amazing. I I joke around with Craig sometimes and I'll be like, whatever you need, my king. And he's like, what do you want? Like, that's not, what do you want? Like, um, but, but encourage them, send them a text. Let them know that you, you appreciate them. Let them know that you love them. Don't, thank you for filling my car up with gas. Thank you for working so hard for our family. Thank you for being a committed dad, a committed husband. Thank you for following the Lord. Just encourage them. So I want every, I want to challenge you this week. If you're not married, then find people in your life and begin to encourage them. And as you do that, I can guarantee that the Lord is gonna repay you and people are gonna be able to pour back into you. And so I wanna challenge you in that. And and also with families, sitting down together and communicating, show them how you communicate with God. Some of you, your families may have never seen, that y'all may have never prayed together. Sit down and pray as a family. Talk to your children about the Lord and watch their communication with the Lord improve because it's so important uh, to have good, godly, healthy communication. But communication can also uh, be hurtful. 
there's times that we've said things in, in our relationship. Uh, I know that Craig and I have both in marriage, you say things without meaning them when you're angry, right? You say things to friends and family that you may not mean, and there's apologies that need to be made. But sometimes because of the words that we have used out of anger, our spouses or the people in our lives begin to believe the things that you've said about them, right? And maybe there's words that have been said about you that you've begun to believe about yourself because they've been said over and over and over again. Can I tell you right now that you are not a failure, that this this Bible right here speaks truth over you, that you are not a failure. If you have messed up, you are saved by grace. You are bought with a price. You are not ugly. You are beautifully and fearfully and wonderfully made. You are not stupid. God gives you wisdom to determine and decipher what the Holy Spirit is speaking through you. And I know right now that there are people probably sitting here that probably feel like they can't even speak the name of Jesus because they feel like they're so far gone. Can I tell you, Jesus is as close as the mention of his name. And the enemy would have you sit there and listen to the enemy, and he would have you sit there and believe the lies that are coming into your head right now saying, well, you don't know what I've done, and my wife says I'm this, and I've done this to my wife, or I've done this to my husband, or I've failed in this way, and and I have this addiction. Jesus already knows that. He knows about you. He knows you on an intimate level. And he, is, he was willing, knowing all that, to die on a cross to communicate forgiveness to you. And so sometimes we have to ask the Lord to forgive us and repent from those things that we've said to others. And also we have to forgive those that have said those things about us and communicate with God. Um, but we do. We, ch- we choose to magnify our own personal pain and diminish the effects of the pain that we've had uh, that we've caused others, all while asking God to hand out grace so we can keep it to ourselves. It doesn't work like that. We have to forgive because Jesus forgave. Amen. Forgiveness is the mo- one of the most important attributes that we can have in a relationship, and um, definitely for marriage. Marriage, um, marriage can be difficult at times. When you go through stressful seasons, you begin to um, maybe take it out on one another or take it out on the people that are closest to you. Um, And forgiveness can be hard. Arguments in marriage are going to happen. There is no highlight reel in reality. Um, You know, you get to see a lot of people's perfect little families on, on Instagram and that kind of stuff, and it's just not realistic. And some of us need to turn the phone off and begin to invest in our marriage and quit comparing ourselves to the people that are putting a highlight reel up of how great their husbands are when the... That's not real. That's not real life. And we have got to remember that the Lord is doing a work in our own marriage if we will allow him to, that he's setting up our own love story if we will include him and we will allow him to. Um, But forgiveness can be be difficult. And um, I'm not going to call them arguments, but like Craig and I, we've been married for uh, over 20 years now. And um, so we have had a lot of opportunities to forgive one another. (laughs) If y'all want to steal that, you can. It's not arguments. This is an opportunity to forgive one another, right? Yeah, it's great. Um, So one of the the things that that I have um, had an opportunity to forgive on a pretty consistent basis (laughs) is... Craig does not like to take the trash out. I'm outing him right now. He can forgive me later for this, but he, uh, he, he's done really, really well at leading uh, in delegation to our son, though. And he's like, you know what? I don't like it, but Carson can do it. And, and now we've seen that 
Carson struggles with the sins of his father. And so we, uh, They've got this new. They've got this new pattern down where they like. Hey, uh, can you take the trash out? And it's like it doesn't need taken out. We just like mash it down. Like any other wives, please tell me, I'm not alone. Look, Craig's like, okay, one, two, th- okay, husbands, take out the trash, get it together. It's not that hard. But they they sit there and they like mash it down. And now. Uh, Craig led by example, so Carson's mastered that, where he just like shoves it all down. But um, he's real creative in that, so he doesn't have to do it. But um, but uh, yeah, now now it's Carson's struggle. But um, sometimes, uh, and you can call my laundry skills out later. I'll give it to you. Like you can out me on how great I am at the laundry next week. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but sometimes in our lives, that's what we want to do, right? We don't want to deal with the hard stuff. We don't want to deal with the things in our life that we need to get rid of. We want to mash them down and we want to, we want to shove them down where, where we're not paying attention to them. And, oh, it's, it's better. I can deal with that later. I've got a little bit more room for baggage. I've got a little bit more room for unforgiveness. And so we mash all these things down. We shove it all down. And, um, and we don't want to deal with anything. And then it becomes that we're dealing with the ugliness of unforgiveness. And we haven't communicated in that. And um, we counsel with married couples all the time. And, and, and we've listened to stories. And, and we've had people listen to our own story. And um, that we sit there sometimes. And we're, we're listening to one another. And we're, we're listening to the other couple. And we'll say, well, have you ever told them that? And they're like, well, no, because blah, blah, blah. Guys, communicate with your spouse. Communication is key. Don't let the enemy keep you in fear that you can't confess things to one another so that you can heal. Let them know that something that they did hurt you so that you're not dealing with that. Or let them know that you are sorry that you hurt them. But you have got to communicate one to another. There has to be a healthy example and transaction between the two of you to communicate you cannot be unified if you're not communicating. And maybe you've pushed down that uh, unforgiveness and that's what's causing unnecessary division in your relationship today. Uh, number three is closeness um, or intimacy. So we have commitment, we have communication, and we have closeness uh, or, or intimacy. Intimacy uh, between us and God is key to a healthy marriage. It's the number one. Intimacy needed in marriage is, it's more than just um, connecting on a sexual level. It's connecting with our words to where we know what the other person is, is going through. We know them on an intimate level. And God does that with us. God's not asking us uh, to do anything with somebody in our lives that he wasn't willing to do for us. Amen. He knows us intimately. He allows us to have that safe space to talk to them with grace and with mercy. And we're open about our struggles with the Lord. And we need to be open with our spouses about what we're going through or have mentors in your life that can sit down and help you guide those conversations. Because if not, we are gonna get so busy that we haven't prioritized our spouse and it's gonna start showing. We've gotta prioritize our time with God and our spouses and and those who we have a relational equity. If you're not married, pour into those relationships right now. Pour into those relationships with women that challenge you. Men, pour into those relationships with mentors who challenge you and push you closer to the Lord. Because one day you're gonna look up, you will be married, 
and you'll have a house full of kids and then you're gonna be trying to schedule God in all this. But if it becomes a routine in your life now while you are single, then you're gonna have somebody while you're drawing close to the Lord that's gonna be on the same journey with you. And when you get to where God wants you to be, you're gonna be able to be so united and so joined together that no weapon in hell can tear you apart. That you know for a fact that this is the man or woman of your dreams and that God has a a unity for you in, in the future and that he's got a family in store for you, but Jesus has to be the relationship foundation. He has to be the one that's connected, that connects the two. And that's how it was from the very, very beginning. It was an intimate relationship. But I I do want us to focus on something tonight. And um, I knew that God was going to do something amazing tonight. And he's already begun doing that with with the the worship and we're so lucky to have the most incredible worship team that that leads us in worship but we wouldn't have that without the Holy Spirit we're nothing without the Holy Spirit we have to have the Holy Spirit my prayer has been since I started um, deciding what to speak on that the Holy Spirit would begin to deal with us even though we're sitting here even, even through worship as we're sitting here maybe you guys got in a fight on the way here Um, Maybe you guys have been arguing for weeks or months, or maybe you guys are just sitting here and you're putting on a good face. Can I tell you something? There's no judgment in that, but there is healing that you can receive. No matter how far your marriage seems like it's gone off the deep end, God can restore it. There There is no thing that is impossible for God. You know, the scripture says nothing is impossible for God. Well, you may say, well, you don't know what my husband's put me through. Can I tell you in an instant, God can heal you, but there is counseling. You have pastors that are here for you, that love you, that wanna see restoration in your marriage, restoration in your relationships. If you're not married and you have issues that you're going through with your family, God can restore that. God can heal that. Maybe tonight you're sitting there and you're realizing that um, there's things in your marriage that you've held on for uh, for years, held on to for years. And maybe you guys need to come to the altar together and you need to recommit your life and your marriage together to the Lord. But um, we're going to go back into this song and, you know, there's power in the name of Jesus. And maybe what's missing from your relationships right now is Jesus. Maybe you've gone to pastors, maybe you've gone to mentors, maybe you've gone to counselors because you think that's the pattern that you, maybe your heart's been in the right place, but you haven't gone to Jesus. When we go to Jesus, we begin to see things come to the top of the surface and he reveals those things that we need to to lay at the altar. So tonight I pray, my prayer is that there's communication in your relationships, that there's communication with the Lord, that there's commitment to a relationship with God, that there's a stronger commitment to one another, that we know and we recognize that the enemy is here to take us out, that the enemy is not playing around, that he sees a generation of people that are here tonight that are hungry for God, and he wants to come in and try to stir up chaos in your marriage and bring up addictions that maybe never you haven't struggled with in years or temptation that you may have never struggled with for years. But I know that we serve a God that died on a cross so that marriages and lives could be restored, relationships could be restored, that this isn't the end of your marriage, that this can be the beginning of your marriage, that relationships that have died, that they can be resurrected. And I believe that we serve a God that even as we sit here tonight, that He can restore.